Good evening. My name is Christina, and I'm a partner here at Mercy View. Tonight, I will be reading from Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7. The Lord visited Sarah, and he said, The Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, happy birthday, Mercy View. Um, you have turned 12 years old. And uh, what an awesome uh, time each year to celebrate, man, what the Lord has done. Before we do that, though, I want to invite you to remember a couple things. Good Friday is coming. Um, that is going to be Sunday uh, April the 8th, um, we want to invite you to a joint Good Friday service here at Memorial Baptist. Um, we've been doing some joint things with our host church here um, for a while now, and it's one of the great ways for us to connect um, with them um, and uh, connect with their people. Of course, Good Friday is a, uh, most important for us as believers to come together and remember the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. Two days after that, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, the highlight, the high point maybe we could even say of uh, the Christian calendar where we celebrate the culmination of what begins on Good Friday and is resolved on Resurrection Sunday. I want to invite you to come and be a part of our normal evening worship gathering that night just right here in this room as we celebrate the risen Christ uh, together. Well, this evening is a, a little different. Um, typically, we walk through uh, a section of Scripture right now. We're in a series in the book of Romans. We'll come back to that on the other side of Easter. But um, tonight, we want to do something that we do here annually. And um, if you're visiting with us tonight, we don't normally do this kind of thing. But uh, we are, as we celebrate our 12th anniversary, we want to also have our annual State of the Church. The State of the Church is just an opportunity for us to both talk about and celebrate what the Lord has done in our midst um, in the last year, and also talk about a few things as we look forward to uh, the future. Um, we will end our time with a little bit of, of uh, talking about Genesis 21 that you just heard Christina uh, read. But um, we're going to do really three things tonight. We want to look back, celebrate, remember what the Lord has done, take a brief interlude to talk about one uh, particular thing, and then look Forward. So first, looking uh, back, I'm, I'm excited to uh, celebrate this with you. In the past year, Mercy View has baptized seven people here at Mercy View. I think that might be the most. Yeah, you can celebrate that. Yeah, um, I think that might be the most in a calendar year for us so far. We want to continue to see that number go up in the, in the days to come. We've also added 19 new partners uh, last year. Now, here's what's kind of cool about that. Literally this afternoon, this morning and this afternoon, um, John and myself met with um, partner candidates, people that were continuing to consider becoming partners. All of them became partners today. We actually have a few more conversations we need to have in the next week or so, but even like 
19, you can add 9 to that after today. And um, we've got, again, some more conversations coming. Yeah, you can praise the Lord for that too. So just to give you a, a, a big picture then here at Mercy View, that brings um, our current total partnership to 101. Uh, and, and then we've got, yes, uh, 71 partner children here at Mercy View. That is amazing. And uh, if you put all that together, obviously 172 uh, partners and their kiddos here that make up Mercy View. And uh, what, a, what a beautiful thing the Lord is doing among us. Recently, um, our partners walked through a covenant renewal process. And one of the great benefits for us as leaders is to be able to look at kind of all that information and put it together and synthesize it to get a, a, a high-level view of what's happening in our, our church. And so I want to share some of that with you uh, tonight just as a way to encourage you. Um, I think the first, yeah, how long have folks been partners here uh, at Mercy View? You'll see that um, most actually have been partners with us over four years, about almost 70%. Um, of those who've been at Mercy View for less than four years, more than 15% have been partners for uh, a, a year or less. Just interesting uh, data here. Next, how long have the, the folks who are partners here at Mercy View been a Christian? Um, nearly 90% of our partners have been believers for more than a decade. And you'll see there's some, some smaller percentages for shorter amounts of times. But what's cool about that is we have some folks who have been Christians for a while and mature in the faith. And we're actually seeing the fruit of that as our mentoring uh, ministry is being developed here. Many of you have stepped into that and are serving those who are desiring uh, mentoring. Um, how often do folks attend the weekly worship gathering, weekly gospel community? Um, you'll just see that um, we are just blessed that folks have a, a place a high value um, on being a regular and active participant in uh, both of those settings. Uh, you know, those aren't the only two things that we do as a church, but those are, are two things we invest a lot of time and energy and resources into and super grateful for um, those that participate so uh, faithfully in those settings. I think we can go to the next slide, Neil. Yeah, this is an interesting one. You probably are like, why do they care about how far it takes me to get to church? Um, but there is a method to our madness in this question. In fact, it's probably the most relevant it's ever been as we are considering what it looks like for us to find our own location. Um, but as we consider that, one of the factors we're deciding on is, is where in the city we should be. And understanding that, 63% of our partners are driving over 10 minutes to our current location, which again, in the city of Tulsa, that's not a a long distance, but it's interesting. It's helping us assess the impact on our current and future location in the city. And uh, also, it, you know, one of the things we're really excited about, it's kind of hard to wait on, but to consider like whatever our future location is, it's really going to define uh, what our mission looks like as well, particularly our local mission um, as we think about the neighborhood we're in and how we can serve uh, that neighborhood. Next is, yeah, participation in a couple of, of other things that we do here at Mercy View. Look at this, y'all. This is so amazing. Over 71% of our partners are involved in a D group. Uh, a D group is, are these groups of two to three of the same gender that get together to pray with one another, to hold one another accountable and uh, read scripture together. And um, just a, an amazing amount of folks are involved uh, in that. Uh, 
got a, a, a really sizable group that would like to be. If you're one of those folks and you have either expressed a desire to be a part of a D group or you have yet to desire that, we, we still we want to serve you. Let us know how we can help you. Trey, we'll get you connected uh, in some way to a D group. Uh, mentoring, this is a new ministry that, that was launched last year that we're really excited to see the Lord um, doing some great work in the lives of people. Um, 11 women, 7 men currently being mentored. Um, 18% or so of our people. Uh, mentoring here at Mercy View is a semester-long process where folks walk through a particular issue in their life that they want, are wanting to grow in. We have a, a, an amazing group of mentors that are serving those mentees. And um, man, we would love to see this uh, number go up as, as well in, in the days to come as we uh, serve you in this particular way. Next is, how are you serving at Mercy View? This blesses my socks off. Um, as you can see, we've got like quite a few ways to do that here at Mercy View and, and, uh, <laughs> Mercy View kids that just stands out to me, obviously, cause it's the largest percentage, well, excuse me, the largest percentage. But, um, I just want to say to you, if you are here tonight and, um, serving in, in Mercy View kids, how grateful we are to you for your, your service in that area. We love our kids. We believe our kids need the gospel as much as their parents do. And so we uh, are so thankful for Jamie, who's leading the charge back there, and all the faithful volunteers week in and week out to serve them. But not just that area. All of these areas represent many of you. And, so, and some of you do more than one of these areas. And um, we could not do what we do here at Mercy View without your service. And, and we're better together for it. So thank you so much for all that you do to serve Mercy View here. All right, let's see. What spiritual disciplines would you like help growing in? This is a, always a really helpful question for us as leaders. As we think about what we need to um, uh, provide and offer, encourage you to be a part of in the, in, uh, the future. And as you can see here, 34% uh, of you said prayer. 30% uh, of you said uh, scripture memory. Uh, 28% silence and solitude and 28% study and learning. And this is so helpful for us, again, as we think about ways to form equip groups, for example, or other kinds of, of, of opportunities for you to grow in these areas. And so what you will likely see in the days ahead are opportunities. If you said, hey, I want to grow in prayer, we're going to provide some opportunities for you to grow in prayer. I want you to take advantage of that. But all of these will be, be helpful tools for us as we make those kinds of decisions with other ministry leaders here uh, at Mercy View. Okay, next. In the last year, how many times have you invited a friend to Mercy View? This also is super encouraging to me. Basically, 81% of, of you um, have invited someone between one invited one to four different people to, to come to Mercy View. And I, I get an opportunity to meet some of those folks that you've invited. And some of those folks have become a part of our church. Um, Want to encourage you to keep doing that. Keep inviting folks to come and, and uh, experience um, what we do here at Mercy View. Do you support any missional activities outside of Mercy View? Okay. Yes, that says 70 plus. And one of the things that is uh, so... Um, it just blesses me deeply is that, that you as a church are um, uh, thinking about the kingdom that way. 
Uh, You are kingdom-minded. You are thinking about ways to love and to pray and to support financially um, the things that God is doing uh, in his his kingdom. And um, one of the things that I'm excited about that's coming out of this particular question is that the mission team is taking this information to pray over and to look over and to consider what the Lord might be up to. For example, if there are more than one person that says something, you know, this particular area is an area I'm involved in, um, that might be a sign to us that that's something that we need to begin to move towards uh, as a church, um, you know, mobilizing more people uh, around. And so you can um, be looking for more information about that as the mission team kind of gets their head wrapped around um, those responses. But that's one of the most helpful things that's going to come out of, of that. It's a new question on our covenant renewal. If, if you've done that before. Uh, We wanted to kind of get an idea of where folks are are connected missionally. All right, let's see. Next is me. Um, I just want to remind you of some other things that in the past year, the Lord has been um, really gracious to us on. And uh, I have a short term memory like I don't remember real well all that happened you know like just yesterday Um, so it's really helpful for me to to remember like the great things that the Lord has done and in particularly in the year of 2022 and you may have forgotten that these things happened last year these are awesome things first of all um, we hired Jamie I mentioned her earlier to be our director of Mercy View Kids yeah Um, an answer to prayer for us She's doing an amazing job um, in leading a team of folks as well as a, like, there's a Mercy View Kids team and then also just all of the volunteers. Um, she was a big part of helping us get prepared for and ready to launch the elementary age class, which we've just recently done. And uh, we're just so grateful for the Lord uh, providing in that way. We had quite a few new church officers um, appointed last year. If you remember, uh, Sean Roberts, Lauren Jones, Orlando and Jill Dickerson and Alan all became deacons last year. Yeah. To serve our church. And, uh, so grateful for the work they have done and are doing. Um, also you may know that, um, back at the very beginning, I believe of February, we presented Sean, who is a deacon with us as our next elder candidate here at Mercy View, he's in the process of being tested for that, and um, we're just so excited about what the Lord is doing there. Um, as we've shared with you, uh, Lord willing, in August we will install him as Mercy View's next elder. Um, we continue to develop leaders here. Um, one of the things that's a real blessing, as difficult as it was to lose Ryan um, last year, um, one of the things that Uh, the Lord provided through the work we've been doing in developing leaders is we were able to bring Trey Hopkins on uh, to be uh, a staff deacon for discipleship and equipping. Um, And he is also along that, I mean, he's still working towards church planning. We're still working with him there, developing him there. But we've also um, been working with three other young men who you've heard us talk about before who are pastoral residents here. And we could not be more excited about what the Lord is doing in these young men's lives. And we're so excited about their ministry future, whether that's with us or somewhere else. But Jacob Hicks, Ryan Varghese, and Corbin King are in our pastoral residency. We want to praise the Lord for what, yeah, the Lord is doing there. Yeah. Um, 
As you know, um, we sent uh, a very precious family um, here at our church uh, to a new work in a new part of, of or in, a, in another part of our country. Um, and I just mentioned them, but uh, as we think about mission stuff that happened last year, um, probably the most significant was sending Ryan and Katie Hoyt and their family to Albuquerque to really, he's the lead pastor there of a church that, uh, believe it or not, I think it was planted in March of 2020. <laughs> and uh, their plan all along was to bring uh, someone like Ryan in to help lead the charge there. And obviously with COVID coming into the mix, they, they really had to think differently for a couple of years, but the Lord arranged it. And, and ultimately um, the Hoyts felt a, 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 a leading to go to this, this new work there. And um, we, of course, in a, in a, a bittersweet way, uh, sent them um, and uh, are so grateful for um, the work that, that uh, Ryan and Katie did while they were with us, but excited about what's happening there in, in Albuquerque. I talked to Ryan uh, probably two weeks ago, and you can just be praying for them. It's, it's hard, hard sledding. Um, uh, ministry is difficult, but uh, this is a, a very different kind of context and city than even Tulsa. Uh, Ryan has described it as like kind of on the edge of, feels like on the edge of civilization. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but there's a lot of um, really unique spiritual layers in, uh, in Albuquerque. And um, Ryan is doing a great job of, of, of uh, discerning how the gospel speaks to those things, but it's, it's been difficult. And you can just be praying for strength and endurance and perseverance and fruit from uh, the work that they are, are doing. Um, you remember back, I think in November, it was Thanksgiving week, we actually took our time in our service to uh, hear from Ryan and also from Jim and Laura. And so one of the most significant things that we continue to do missionally here as a church is to financially and prayerfully support Jim and Laura, dear friends of ours in the UK. And um, also, if you remember, in December, as we took our Christmas mission offering, we were able to split that offering, I think it was $5,500, between the two of them, the Hoyts and the Campbells. Your generosity um, is to, to, you know, we're so thankful for that. You're the reason why we were able to do that if you gave to that, that Christmas offering. Um, you know, we continue to support other church plants last year, um, some, uh, uh, you know, here in Tulsa, in Missouri, and... Uh, grateful for um, your stewardship of your your resources so that we can give generously to church planning efforts and ministry and mission efforts all over really the world all right so um, I want to do something just as we take a little bit of a break I gave you a lot of information there um, to, to uh, just speak to you from my heart um, I just mentioned to you one of the most difficult things that we did last year was we said goodbye to Ryan and Katie. And the reason why that was so difficult is because of our relationship with him and, and, and her and her and her family, their family. And um, the, the thing that um, is, is so hard in saying goodbye to someone that you love is uh, you've experienced so much with them. And that's true for me. It's true in my particularly in my relationship with Ryan. Ryan was our very, very, very first intern here. Um, we had an opportunity to, to hang out a lot 
in the very early days of Mercy View and had no idea that one day we would be able to woo them back to, uh, to, to Mercy View after they spent some time away. And I said this when we um, had their going away party. Um, one of the beautiful things that happened was my relationship with Ryan changed from being kind of a, a leader, discipler, to a disciple mentee. Um, we really became peers. And uh, the ministry that, 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 that Ryan and Katie both um, did among us was uh, powerful and meaningful and fruitful. But as you remember, one of the things that was so difficult about that time was there was also so much change happening in our church at large. Um, there was transition happening with people and, um, you know, we were still really uh, not that far removed from just regathering together as a church. And I recognize that, that uh, even for some of you that are really close to Ryan and Katie, that was really hard. And I, I just want to say to you, as we reflect on 2022, I, I know that for some of you, maybe even tonight, you're like, man, I really still miss Ryan and Katie a lot. Because I do. Recently, in our church, we also heard from John and Elizabeth that they also are in a season of transition in, in their life. Uh, Ryan, by the way, was an elder um, when uh, he felt like, you know, they were called away. John, as another one of our elders here, uh, shared with us recently that uh, he and Elizabeth are going to be transitioning to Oklahoma City. I mean, it's one thing for Ryan and Katie, right, and their family, and, and it was a good thing, and we sent them with blessings to go. Um, that's a lot, right? But then to also get wind from John and Elizabeth that this is their story as well, that's pretty heavy. I mean, it would have been difficult by itself. But in addition to what we've already walked through um, in the last couple of years, I know for many of you, that was really, really hard. And it still is. I mean, it's hard for me. I, uh, I just spent the afternoon um, doing partnership conversations with, with John. And um, I was, as I'm doing them with him, we, some of them were separate, but in the same room and we did one together. But I just, inside of me, I just, I was grieving I'm not going to do these with him anymore. Not here. And um, in many ways, just like with, with Ryan and Katie, with John and Elizabeth, there is a ministry hole that cannot be replaced necessarily. Their unique gifts and personality and, and spirit, what they brought to Mercy View was unique. Now, I do believe that when the Lord moves people on, he many times uh, creates space for other leaders to be promoted and to be involved in ministry. And I'm excited. That's already happening. I see that. Excited to see how that's going to work in the future. But it's still really, really difficult. And so if you're here tonight and you'd say, Brad, I, I'm really still struggling with all of the change, I hear you. I still have moments where it's really hard for me as well. And so if, if you have felt like we have 
rushed through any of that with, with like kind of processing the difficulty and the hurt that comes with losing people close to us that we really love. Um, I just want to say I'm sorry if you have felt that way. And if there's anything that I can do or, or John can do um, to serve you and praying for you and helping you process the change, we would be honored to do that. We know that um, we probably find ourselves in a lot of different places tonight. Um, but if you're in a place where this is really tough, uh, I understand that. Change is difficult. Change is inevitable, but change is very, very, very difficult emotionally, spiritually. And so let us know, if you would, how we can serve you if that is your story. All right, let's talk about the future. I'm excited about the future. In fact, I, I think I'm the most excited I've been in a long time about what the Lord is doing among us. And I say this a lot. I've, I said it this afternoon to some of our new partners. I believe that the future is as bright as it's ever been. And here's some of the, the reasons why, yes, with change comes real difficulty. It's relentless sometimes. It's the only constant. But uh, I believe that the Lord is positioning us as a church for a fruitful future. And if you're a partner with us here tonight, you are a part of that. Many of you, as we saw earlier, are serving in so many amazing ways. And I, I see uh, a future where um, uh, there's more people being discipled, people getting saved, people are, are joining gospel communities, are getting into D groups, people are, are serving in, in all kinds of ways. We're on mission in our city. Um, there is a very exciting future uh, ahead of us. But with all of the change, I, I, I recognize that you might wonder, okay, so I know that Sean is an elder candidate. I know, Brad, you're still here. <laughs> um, what, what does leadership for the church look like as we move forward? And so I want to share a few things with you um, just to, to help begin this conversation. Uh, and we can talk more about this personally or um, uh, just probably at a future potluck. We'll take some time to do, do more conversation around this. Um, but one of the things that we're doing is forming a team called the directional team. And this directional team's purpose is to come alongside myself to um, help our church continue to move forward in very prayerful and thoughtful ways with the decisions that are in front of us. Um, this directional team is, is going to meet uh, regularly to, to have conversations around things like location. What is, what is our location situation look like? What do we need to be thinking about? What, if at all, decisions do we need to make? And I just want to mention those folks who are on that, that team with you. Um, it includes all of our staff here at Mercy View, myself, Trey, and Nikki. Uh, it also includes uh, my wife, Holly, Lauren Jones, Sean and Becky Roberts, and Alan and Rachel Hill. So it's a, a team of nine of us. Uh, that's a full room of uh, really just um, folks that I know that you trust, uh, that I, I'm so excited to begin to, to meet with. Our first meeting is a week from tomorrow night, and we're going to be talking about uh, what's, what the future holds. And my commitment to you is to keep you in the loop on those kinds of conversations that we're having, and uh, if any at all decisions we need to bring you in on so that we can make sure that 
you are truly feeling uh, as a partner that you're engaged um, in, in that. Um, one of the things, too, that has become very evident to us as, as John transitions away is a, a need to uh, strengthen uh, and make sure we have solid leadership in the area of stewardship. Um, as John Mastin transitioned away from Mercy View, John Floyd stepped into that space and has done some really uh, amazing work in that area. Um, as John Floyd transitions, we need a, a very solid team of folks overseeing uh, the precious resources that you entrust to us. Trey, as a, as a partner to this, this comment, Trey Hopkins is um, taking on more of an expanded role uh, as, he, as we move forward with him in the areas of stewardship and operations. He's still going to continue to oversee discipleship and equipping, but he is going to kind of run point on also the areas of stewardship and operations. Trey is forming the stewardship team right now. In fact, I think most have been committed already to that team. Uh, we'll share those names with you soon. Uh, but that team is, is going to be uh, given really the responsibility to make sure that we are being wise stewards of uh, the resources that God has entrusted to us. Uh, you heard from Alan earlier and heard us mention that he is the deacon uh, for mission here at Mercy View. He is the, the leader of our new mission team. A few weeks ago, we introduced our mission team to you. Um, that is another example of something that's happening in the life of our church that I'm really excited about. Um, a great team of folks have come around this and are thinking, uh, uh, just um, uh, thinking about how as we move forward, the Lord wants to use us for his great mission in our city and beyond. And um, really, as we think about leadership, that's an, an important team here for us um, moving forward. Um, let's just talk real quick. Uh, about location stuff. We haven't had that conversation lately. Um, the short of it is not a whole lot has changed. Um, and what I mean by that is our desire is still to find our own space. Uh, we still feel like the Lord wants us to put our flag down somewhere here in the city. And so the, 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 the days like today of prayer and fasting continue to be very important for us as a church. We want to invite you to continue to be a part of that. We be, believe the Lord moves towards his people as they pray to him. And um, this is a big prayer. And we need everybody to, to be involved in that. But, um, uh, you know, we found nothing really at this point to, to lease or to buy. Um, you know, we have our radar up. There are things that we get wind of and investigate. And um, until something is actually for sale <laughs> or for lease, um, you can't buy it or lease it. So, you know, we're, we're kind of, it feels like a catch-22. But um, as we shared with you before, if we were to find something, uh, it would likely cost between seven dollars to $10,000 more per, per month than, than we currently pay for rent here. Uh, Memorial is, is being so generous, y'all, to let us stay here, and what they charge us to be here is peanuts. Um, when we decide as a church, and we will make this decision together to, to either buy or lease something, that particular budget line goes up considerably. And so I want to ask you to, to continue to like think about giving here to this local church Again, as you're convicted and you're, you know, this is a decision between you and the Lord, but as you are um, uh, praying through that and deciding what that looks like, your generosity gives us the freedom to be able to, with confidence and fiscal responsibility, take that step, right? 
Um, you guys know this if you are familiar even just with the real estate market here in town, but, uh, you know, everything is expensive. And that's partly because of, of the market, like especially for like church facilities, but it's also partly um, because of the increase that it would take for us to, to pull that off. And, and uh, you know, we want to be able to help you see why that's a good investment as we get closer to those kinds of, of decisions. But we are going to continue to press on and pray and ask the Lord to, to provide. Uh, the good news is, is that we, we have no debt. We've shared this with you before. Um, we are living within our means at the present. In fact, I, can, I know I, I saw this, I think, in the month of January, we exceeded our projected giving by about five or $6,000. And I'm, that means you all are, are like, you're, you're bought in and you're, you're giving. And I just want to again say thank you to you if you give um, to, to Mercy View. But um, lastly, I would say we have a significant savings in the bank. That's a real advantage for us in the future when we think about a down payment, maybe even, you know, repairs or build out costs for whatever we find. Um, that's going to really be a benefit uh, to us. Um, so uh, let's continue to pray together. Uh, and again, if you come across anything that you think might be a potential for us, um, we would love to know that. We would receive that and, and maybe you find that thing that we just didn't know was out there. And it, it's, the, it's the place that the Lord uh, has for us. You heard the passage from Genesis 21 earlier. I want to close here. Um, I've wa I wonder if you, you hear a story like the story of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 21. Or a story like the story of Zacchaeus. Or Mary or, or Peter or Paul in the Bible. Like, I... I wonder if you wonder why those stories are in the scriptures. Christ finds the coin that was lost. The good shepherd finds the lost sheep and brings them back to the flock. There are all kinds of stories like that of, of, of people. Some have names. Some don't have names. I believe in many ways, that those stories are meant to confront us with something. And it's the question that Mary, or excuse me, it's the, yeah, it's the question, but really a statement that Mary made when the angel visited her. It's also uh, something that really in the end Sarah said with her laughter, and it's this, is anything too hard for the Lord? I think if we're honest, when we go through really difficult times, change, right? A ton of change over the last few years. It's, it's easy for us to think that we, this church, is somehow beyond God's reach. We think God can do a lot of stuff for sure, but that, that one thing that seems impossible, he can't do that. He can't help me conquer that addiction that I'm walking through. Um, he, can't, he can't help me get along with my dad or mom or my siblings. He can't help me with that overwhelming sense of anxiety. He can't bring healing to my sinful past. He can't give mercy view a bright future. 
Have you ever noticed that when you tell a little child a story, like any story at all, their eyes get big? And, and one of the reasons little children have so much fun in life is that their hearts are filled with the idea of wonder. Everything is an adventure for kids. They go around in joy, for the most part, because their heart is filled with, young, uh, with wonder. Um, so what's wrong with us that we don't do that? Well, we grow up. When you're little, your heart's filled with wonder. And the older you get, the harder it is to fill your heart with that very thing. But here in the story of, of, of Abraham and Sarah in particular, God interrupts Abraham and Sarah's life with a question that would change them forever. Is anything too wonderful for God? See, Abraham and Sarah found a new laugh. You, you saw that at the end of that passage, a laugh of wonder. If you know the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know that Sarah had laughed before. And it wasn't a laugh of wonder. It was a laugh of skepticism. It was a laugh, a laugh of mistrust. It was a laugh of doubt. But the laugh changes in Genesis 21. It says that God visits, Ab uh, visits Sarah and she conceives a son. And, and, and that means this. It means that, that God graced Abraham and Sarah. Like the grace of God came into their life in a very unique way. The grace of God overcame the impossibility of their situation. In other words, they now had the laughter of grace. See, friends, without wonder, there's the cynical, bitter laughter that, that Sarah had at the beginning of her story. That, that kind of laughter that gets, is trying to get rid of the restlessness and the confusion or hurt. But the laughter of grace says this, God has overcome the impossible with his power. And friends, this is our story too. If you're a believer here tonight, God has graced you. And he's graced you in Jesus. Jesus is the true and better Adam. He is the ultimate one in whom we hear the laughter of God's grace triumphing over the impossibilities of our situation. Because here's the reality. Though Sarah's situation was bad, friends, in our sin, our situation is far worse. There's something far greater being promised here. Even in the story of, uh, of Sarah and Abraham. See, their son, Isaac, wasn't the ultimate Isaac. The ultimate Isaac, Jesus, comes to deal with sin and death itself for you. Let me tell you what's impossible. That you and I should live forever. There's a little more than having a baby when you're 90 What's impossible, that is, is you and I, in spite of the way in which we live, would be adopted into the family of God. 
And yes, that's exactly what happens through Jesus, the ultimate Isaac, the ultimate son of, of laughter. So why do I say all of that on the state of the church tonight? The Bible tells us that Jesus lived in a heavenly world of laughter. In John 1 and many other places, it says that the son was in the bosom of the father. That's a metaphorical and kind of mysterious way to say that the father and the son were rejoicing with and in each other from all eternity. They had been delighting in each other from all eternity. Jesus was living in a world of laughter. But he came into this world, Jesus, and he became a man of what? Sorrows. He wept. On the cross, he cried out, and the mourning and the weeping that we deserve came upon him so that you and I could now laugh. And it's this story that we live in. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for you, friend. Nothing is impossible for Mercy View. Why? Because you and I live in the gospel story. It's what gives us hope in the midst of unprecedented change. It's what provides unending opportunities for us. We have been invited into, called into this gospel story. It's an amazing adventure. By the way, we've always been called into that. So I close with this question. Will you join us in this story? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Anything is possible with him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father.